Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jax Rangers show. Wanted to check in here. It's actually Saturday night, uh, about to be Sunday, May the 1st. Of course, we had our beloved Free Jacks down in L.A. beating up on San Diego. It was a beautiful sight to see. Uh, we will get further into the analysis of that game a little bit later on with our buddy Dave, who's coming back by popular demand on episode 2 here. We're at episode 2 of the podcast. So just wanted to, yeah, let you know that we've got a packed show just like the first one. We've got Dave coming on, as I said earlier, to give his analysis of week seven. We're already at week seven, y'all, of MLR. And also talking about the uh, Free Jacks demolishing um, San Diego and L.A. And then finally, we're going to discuss uh, the upcoming home game. Finally, we got another home game, guys, coming up on the 8th of May against the Austin Jabronis. Oh, I'm sorry. Gilgronies. Jibronies, as Spider says. I like that name a lot better than Gilgronies. Ugh, it's even hard to, to say. It's just so stupid. Man, it just feels good to get a win, guys. You know, coming off of two straight losses. Um, I was a little worried. I, I, I'm definitely not hitting the panic button or anything like that earlier in the week. We needed this one big time. So, um, you know, the team went out there and executed, and it was a beautiful sight to see. We never trailed in the game. Got the job done. Again, winning is fun. <laughs> As a lifelong Carolina fan, I can tell you that we have people within that fan base that seem to enjoy losing. I guess they're just used to it. Um, you know, the Free Jacks, uh, a young organization, and we're definitely not bottom dwellers, even though prior to the start of this game, we were at the bottom of the, the league standings in the Eastern Conference. I knew that they would show up today. Uh, and beat a, um, a lesser talented team. And uh, yeah, they took care of business, so I'm proud of them. Glad they got the job done. Also wanted to mention that on the podcast today, we've got a very special guest. In addition to Dave's analysis, we've got Ross Parlon. He is a relatively new rugby fan. Um, He actually got started a couple years ago with watching rugby. Not a a traditional um, rugby fan in terms of he didn't play in college or didn't learn about it at a men's club or anything like that. He happened to be watching it on on television. So uh, we'll get his perspective here, a very unique perspective for sure, uh, later on in the show. Happy to have Ross on. We had a, a great conversation, great interview. So yeah, let's get right into it. Let's get into the show. Here we go with the Jax Rangers show. Huzzah! And that introduction never gets old, huh? That intro music. Wanted to start the podcast out by saying thanks for all the love and support. I've had some folks reach out and say, uh, great job, keep it going. So that definitely helps, uh, you know, boost me up a little bit with the first episode. I wanted to give some shout outs here, as I did in the last episode. First one goes out to Mags. I'm hearing stories and doing these interviews of people that are noticing Mags really going above and beyond with helping out with the team. Obviously, he's the CEO, but just getting his hands dirty 
party and you know setting things up before matches and stuff like that so my hat's off uh, is off to you there mags i had mentioned in a reddit page that mags should already be enshrined in the mlr hall of fame that has yet to be created another shout out goes to daniel for the discord invite um i was able to watch or yeah watch the game with some folks on discord there that uh, he had invited me to so that was a great time looking forward to seeing those folks at the game in the future there moving right along here of course we've got an email address that you can reach out to us at it is uh, jacksrangersshow at gmail.com send us questions fan questions anything related to the free jacks or mlr and uh, we've also got a facebook page that you should check out i did go live uh prior to the game for a little pre-game show i plan on doing that every time we have an away game just jump on maybe for about 15 minutes to talk about the lineups predictions and things like that so you know about 15 minutes before an away game you should expect me on facebook so go uh like the Facebook page, which is Jack's Rangers. Go search for Jack's Rangers on Facebook. Twitter. Uh, the Twitter update is I am still suspended on Twitter. <laughs> So I've already sent them an, um, a message saying, this is what happened, please um, unlock me or whatever you want to call it, unsuspend me, and they haven't gotten back to me yet, so that's uh, comical. I did begrudgingly create an Instagram, I'm not an Instagram guy at all, but you can check us out on there, Jack's Rangers Instagram, uh, search for Jack's Rangers. And coming soon, I've said this before, but we've got the possibility of jacksrangers.com, I do own the domain, and I'm trying to build the website through Squarespace, but that's really in terms of what I've been working on um, at the bottom of the list right now. So if you enjoyed the podcast, if you enjoyed the first one, um, rate five stars, like, and subscribe. I did want to shout out um, company here. Spotify is uh, great. I wanted to mention that real quick. The reason being is when I released the first podcast, I, I do it through the platform's um, Red Circle is what it's called. And I just assumed that I can you know upload it there and it would be sent out to Podcastville and anybody on any platform would be able to listen to it. But little did I know that you have to go to each individual uh, gatekeeper, if you will, company and, you know, register and jump through their hoops and Spotify has been a dream. They are champions in my book because I set it up and they immediately released it. There's a couple of these that, you know, I've I've sent it to and they have yet to um, approve me and that sort of thing. I'm having a lot of difficulty with Apple even logging in. So that's another nightmare that I'm dealing with uh, at this moment. But hey, overall, good things. You know, I've started a podcast. I learned how to video edit, audio edit, and make crappy graphic design uh, images in about three days. So it's been great. That's how my world's going right now. All right. We will have Dave on here shortly. Just wanted to get through those shout outs. And um, yeah, I appreciate you guys listening in. And we're excited, of course, for the upcoming game on the 8th of May against the Jabronis. Can't wait to see you folks at the game. If you see me, don't be shy. Come up, say hello. Let me know that you you have listened to the podcast. I would appreciate it. So without further ado, we've got um, Rugby Big Brain Diamond Dave here on Jack's Rangers Show. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again with you at the Jack's Rangers Show. I've got my buddy Dave uh, from Yeti Poet Rugby here as well. We're going to go over three different, actually four segments for this uh, podcast, uh, this interview here. So want to get right into you with you, Dave. How you doing? Uh, doing well. Thanks for having me back. Good You're to be welcome. here. 
yeah, it's, it's nice to have a win, right? Um, uh, oh, absolutely. It was a fun, it was a fun week to be a Free Jacks fan. Absolutely. It was so beautiful to watch and so happy for him. I actually recorded the podcast, uh, the first part of this one, um, after the win. So very, I was really jazzed up. I was tired, but you know, really happy. So hopefully that'll uh, convey that uh, the happy part, at least on the, uh, the episode for the podcast. All right. Getting into Free Jacks news here. Um, The new mystery video was released uh, prior to uh, this recording. There was some blue fur in a previous video that we saw where someone was uh, running through the woods or um, stumbling around through the woods there. And now we've got the Free Jacks investigators. (laughs) We've got the special unit. Yeah, yeah. Special unit uh, investigating um, paranormal activity, apparently. Some type of, uh, what is it? What is it? a cryptid yes some exactly. sort of creature yeah a cryptozoological entity That's it. yep there you yeah. go yeah we don't know what it is um credit to you i think your guess is correct do you want to be the one to, to spill it oh yeah what so, do you think uh, it is i it's, i think it's the mascot um we've been waiting for one for a while here i mean they've had you know flirtations with a horse the stuffed one and then we've had one at the a live one at the game but yep. i think this to be one in the the style of Rucky and Seattle. Shout out to Rucky. Rucky was actually the first person who messaged me on Instagram when I created my account, oddly enough. That is something. <laughs> it is something. It's wow. great that he can, you know, spell and stuff. So uh, yeah, credit credit to him. That's not easy to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to th- ask you, what do you think the mascot will look like? Do you think it's going to be a horse or, or are they going to go with something else? Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of horse imagery around the team. I think probably I'm not a marketing guy, but that's probably the strongest branding that you could do as a horse. It's iconic. The other thought I had is with the flannels, they've got a little bit of a lumberjack vibe. So there's possible that it really could be like a, a Bigfoot, a Jack Squatch. I think Mags called it in his part of the video. Um, Maybe that direction. So I guess I, I'm, I'm big on hedging my bets. So horse or Sasquatch. Yeah. The setting is in the woods. They had a footprint that they showed a big one. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing Bigfoot type of creature, but I, I would really love for it to be like the Philly fanatic type of just weird. You don't know what it is. And they're just like mischievous and like crazy. Like um, what is it? The name of the, um, the flyers mascot. Gritty, yeah, gritty, gritty yeah, gritty, that. gritty. A carbon that, copy of gritty, but just like blue would be fantastic. Yeah, get it from get it from the same people. Somebody made that. Yeah, yeah. you know, gritty costume. You got to be able to track them down. We want the exact same thing in blue. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a lot of fun. I, mean, I, I I hope it's a horse yeah. for the sake of my daughter because she's eight years old and she loves horses. Yeah. And it and for my sake as well because if they get a horse mascot. She's in. She's hooked. She's going to be as interested as I am. So if it's a horse, I'll be very pleased. Interesting to know. Here's a random fact. Philip um, is Greek for lover of horses. So how about that? Yeah, there you go. Um, So just the theme around this uh, little segment here is that the social media for the Free Jacks is on point, man. Um, Yeah, they they are really effective. Yeah, the Between the Two Lanterns that they released was hilarious with mags and that guy that they had on there, uh, Jack's salad maracas <laughs> salad maracas. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly a real name. Yes. Yes. Whoever yeah, the actor 100%. is for this, they got to do that. It was fantastic. Yeah. I think he yeah. worked at the front office is my guess, but, uh, he should be doing some acting somewhere in LA. It was very good. It was very good. And wow. they, um, 
they were very true to the the between two ferns you know original the tone was spot on um and i mean they they really dragged mags a little bit sure. it was good it was good writing there was some there was some nice digs you get to talk to interesting people on your podcast yeah i do <laughs> what's that like <laughs> And then he's like, he's just like noisily trying to open up a Tic Tac. Um. <laughs> yeah, they don't make the hole big enough. It's so funny, man. It was very good. I enjoyed it a lot. Here's a little random question for you. What is your favorite iteration of our jersey? Ooh. Um, I like our just classic hoop jersey. I am I am a, a history nerd. I am big on big on the classics and the hoops and the collar. I think look just dynamite, uh, and I think people agree too. I've seen a lot of talk on social media, kind of in the international rugby community. Uh, everybody loves talking about jerseys, yes. and I, I think the consensus has been that the Free Jacks have the best jersey in MLR. Yeah, with that with that hoop collar jersey specifically. For sure. And we've seen a lot of praise and I think some copycats didn't um, Toronto add a, a collar to their Jersey this year. Uh, I believe that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so final thing here in the free Jacks news, not really, well, it is kind of free Jacks related sort of um, our buddies over there, our Irish cousins at the three bod rugby group had a dragon balls episode. So it's a well centric um, uh, episode that they did over there. Ha- can you think of a single Welsh player in MLR. There's not one on the Free Jacks, but is there a single hmm. single Welsh player in MLR? I can't think of a single one. Nobody comes to mind. Uh, nor is there a Welsh connection. Um, you know, Scotland has bought into Old Glory DC, right? Um, and then there's been some investment from uh, private teams into some teams seattle got bought into i believe is that the crusaders group that bought into i think crusaders bought into somebody i don't recall that but i remember that one of the ownership groups <laughs> uh for new jersey was um new zealand i believe they were some new zealand gentlemen. okay yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. um, yeah how i can't think of any i can't think of any welshman though that's a good that's a good observation yeah we've got irish we've got english we've got Scottish, we've got Australian, we've got South African, we've got New Zealand, but yeah. no Welsh players in the MLR. That's wild. Yeah. I'm going to uh, try I'm going to look. I'm going to I'm going to poke around and ask a couple people if they can think of anybody cuz that's a good that's a good question. It's pretty interesting. Um so if, moving, go ahead. If there's one Steve Lewis uh the GM I believe from New York will know. Mm-hmm. And I think I think I think I have an avenue to ask him. So I'll I'll see if I can figure it out. Yeah, let's uh, find out. That's a little homework for you, Dave. We'll find yeah. out next episode. <laughs> All right, so on to rapid reactions from uh, scores around the league here. Obviously, we're going to skip over the first one that was uh, our free jacks against San Diego. We'll get to that one later on. Um, Old Glory DC against LA, uh, 17 to 47, 30-point uh, differential there for LA winning that game. Here's what I wrote down. Try of the week from the LA loosehead prop, J.P. Smith kicking the ball. I mean, are they having fun or what? Um, wild. Yeah, you love to see it. Um, there's there's an old, not too old, but you know, twenty plus years old coaching book called Total Rugby about how what you really want is all fifteen players able to do every job, you know, and that's when you're really going to unlock total rugby. Everybody should be playing total rugby, huh. um, and a lot of teams play that way. You know, not that not that your fullback needs to be able to 
prop, you know, but that your prop needs to be able to make an offload, make a 10 meter pass, you know, and your fullback needs to ruck all those things. And uh, that's, that's some total rugby on LA that they're really doing it. Um, it's, it's cool. I'm really glad for, on, for that match. My note is that I'm glad that John Ryberg is, is kind of coming into form a little bit, the wing for LA. Um, I, you know, power runners are always, always fun to watch, especially a back who runs hard. Um, and his mom is adorable on social media. Oh, that's cute. And Mother's Day is coming up. So for all the moms out there, happy Mother's Day. Um, Rona McCusker's mom, also adorable on social media. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's genuinely wholesome to see these players' moms posting and talking and wishing them well and being excited for their, their kids. Um, and uh, you just think of all the work that they've put in and, you know, and all the love that, that they've they've poured into those guys to help them become athletes. So great job, moms. Great job, John Ryberg. Yeah, very nice. Uh, company. Nine line breaks and seven tries in uh, for L.A. in that game. Yeah, when you get through, you just score. When you have support game like they do, I guess. Um, and when you score that much, you you – you don't need to run through that many phases, so you don't even need to break the line that many times. Yep. You just get it and score. I've got two sticky notes for our Toronto Arrows uh, versus NOLA Gold. Uh, 14 to Toronto, and uh, NOLA had 22. So in this game, um, let's see here. What I wrote down, um, Manuel Montero, second most tries in the MLR. Um, let's see here. Tell of two halves in this game. There's actually a, kind of a theme around this. Um, let's see the South African or yes. Uh, South Americans in Toronto. How was that connection? Where did that come from? Do you know? I don't know what the seed was. Um, I think that a lot of the time, once you get somebody in there talking about good culture and a good time, um, you can really kind of get a chain of, of people who suddenly are interested. See that a little bit with LA and Australia, I think, you know, like once it gets rolling, of course they have an Australian owner. So that connection is a little more obvious. Right. Um, but I think that it's functioning that way with Argentina, um, a little bit on Toronto. Uh, and those are two pretty good American rugby sides, Canada and Argentina. When you can kind of leverage both of those connections, obvious, the Canada connections, obvious for Toronto, you know, they're the only Canadian team in the comp. Um, so they are, they're doing something well. I said, I, I wrote a note about Matero as well. I said, nightmare to tackle. I mean, the kind of guy who can beat you anyway, he can outrun you, he can run through you, he can step you, um, and he can get low and make sure that the first thing you get to taste is a shoulder, you know. We're bragging about Toronto here, but Nola really stole the show in the second half, 22 unanswered points. Um, and that, you know, the last 20 minutes there, I mean, that's considered, you know, championship time, and they really showed up big time to win that game, to steal that game, if you want to say that, from Toronto. Um, yeah, but, their pack in particular did really well. Generated a uh, scrum penalty right on the five meter line that helped kind of arrest some of the momentum that um, Toronto had put together. And that was really the pivotal turning point. After that, they just took over. Um, so credit to their their forwards in particular for putting together a really good, really good game. I guess Nola wasn't listening to our praise of Toronto for overcoming the COVID issues and being away from home. They just said, ah, to, to heck with that. We're just going to beat them anyway. <laughs> yeah. For some reason they weren't uh, following our script. Right. 
Um, so for the uh, the last game of the weekend, before we get to the Free Jacks, of course, was uh, Rugby United New Jersey against the Seawolves, and that was a 23-21 to win o- uh, over Seattle. What I wrote down here, we've got New York scores 17 unanswered points to win, frowny face, and I put that on there. Um, Seattle missed a kick at the death to lose. Yikes. At home, too. What a heartbreaker. Yeah, that is really, really rough. Some sad uh some sad fans at starfire stadium um new york kind of outgridded them a little bit easy to fold when you go down like that um new york's not having the greatest season either um but they pulled it out uh hope hope and seattle's turning a corner they they definitely have something to prove that the first couple championships were not just uh an oddity so i wish wish them well i can always root for an underdog and they're suddenly underdogs Rookie, the sea wolf, we feel for you, buddy. You can send me a message and I'll try to consult you. <laughs> All right. Seattle was up 21 to six at the half. So, again, another game of a tale of two halves. Yep. Um, New Jersey woke up and, you know, showed up at the, in the second half there and, and beat Seattle at the death. You hate to see it happen on a, a last second kick, though, um, at home for them. So, sorry, guys. Maybe next week, um, whoever you're playing. Here we go. So we're, we're through with the uh, the reactions around the league. I'm going to try to share this screen here for our uh, visual folks. Um, oh, boy. Okay, let's see here. Okay. So can you see this, Dave? Yep. All right, perfect. I mean, oh, look what it's on right now. It just happens to be on the uh, the free Jacks, uh, <laughs> or excuse me, the, the jacksrangers.com uh, website here so guys if you want to check this out this is brand new i made this myself i'm, I'm sure it looks that way but um yeah put a lot of love in this bad boy oh look at this handsome fellow right here well done. yeah so um yeah check this out guys uh, jacksrangers.com you will have the episodes on here each time that they are uploaded you can listen now through spotify spotify was really cool um and put us immediately into their um their little network there for the podcasts as soon as I posted it. So it was available. All these other ones, I'm having to kind of jump through hoops to put them on there. But what I wanted to show you is the standings here. So here we have uh, the updated standings for the Eastern Conference, of course. Who cares about the West at this point? Uh, because the, the LA is running away with it anyway. But we've got New Jersey up here at uh, 19 points, tied with NOLA. Um, and then look here. It's pretty interesting. We've got Three teams with 16 points. I don't know if you can see me, you know, with my mouse there, but yep. um, three through five. I mean, it's really the whole thing is wide open here, Dave. I mean, uh, Nola, Gold, uh, excuse me, uh, Old Glory DC at the bottom here at with uh, 13 points, but everything is within reach. Absolutely. I mean, you have New York on top with 19, tied with NOLA, and then Toronto, New England, and Atlanta all with 16. Old Glory DC in last place with just 13, but that's where we were last week. You know, they are – anybody could could advance. You know, a five-point win for for any of the teams in third through fifth – puts them into first potentially. Um, so, and that's, that's competition points, of course. So four points for winning a match and then uh, a bonus point for four tries. And all that information is right there. So yep. going over to the schedule here, we've got, uh, this is uh, the upcoming matches this weekend. We've got Houston Sabercats at Nola gold. Um, and then we've got uh, the jabronis here from Austin against our free jacks at 4 p.m. on Saturday, May the 8th at Union Point Stadium, the, the beautiful Union Point Stadium 
I will be there in the flesh. Yes, sir. Me too. So we'll probably, I know for sure that I'll be doing some, some video. If you want to join, um, that'd be fantastic for the pregame. I know I've got some other people that was going to jump on for a second as well, but I'd love to have you, uh, Dave. Um, yeah, I'll make sure and stop by. Cool. I'll bring my giant huzzah sign. Easy yeah. way to find me. Oh, that was you. I, that was me. Okay. That's me. I'm the giant huzzah guy. Yeah. All right. I think it took about 20, 25 minutes to make. Okay, cool. Start selling them out of the back of my van at the, in the uh, parking lot. Yeah, look at you, capitalist. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. We got uh, we got at Life University on Saturday, May the eighth at seven p.m. We've got rugby ATL. Don't like the name still, but uh, Toronto Arrows is uh, they're going to actually. This is a weird one because it's not at Toronto. It's both teams are in LA right now. Home match for both. It's like uh, we always liked it when we played other Boston teams. <laughs> It's good to play out of the big city in the region because, you know, half the time you don't even actually have to travel at the club level. So Toronto and Atlanta both enjoying that a little bit where they everybody's playing functionally at at home. Home match for Toronto technically, but obviously they're in Atlanta's backyard there in life. So, you know, I think I said L.A., but uh, I just have L.A. on the mind. Some people call (laughs) it jealousy. Um, You know, not me. Okay, (laughs) moving right along here. We've got uh, the next game. At 10 p.m. Eastern time on FS2. Yikes. Yeah, that's a late night. Uh, we've got Old Glory DC against Utah Warriors down in Utah there. And so uh, this is interesting. All of the teams are playing this week that we've had by you know weeks previously with certain teams, but it seems like everybody's playing this uh this weekend. On Sunday, May the 9th, at 1 p.m. Eastern time, we've got the LA Guild. Uh, I'm not gonna say it, LA against uh new jersey at at new jersey in jersey city and we've got finally we've got san San diago legion against uh seattle seawolves and at seattle uh, on sunday as well so all right i'm going to stop sharing the screen here there we go here we are again all right so let's get down to business here the best game of the week of course was the new england free jacks against the san diego legion uh that was 33 to 17 Guess who predicted uh, one of the uh, one of the final scores there correctly? That was me. Nice uh, job. I nailed the uh, San Diego score of seventeen, and the player of the week was just announced prior to us recording. John Poland, way to yep. go, Johnny! Two tries. We appreciate you. Um, what did I write down? So uh, we talked about Mister Wuching just having a day, probably, and not being tackled at certain points. He broke the gain line. He had all the gains. He was recruited yep. as a running back uh, there at Washington, and you can tell that he was recruited as a running back. I, my pant, uh, excuse me, my musket-sized pants tent goes to Mr. Wuching this week. Um, what a player! Would love to have him on the Free Jacks, um, but he tore us up. Interestingly enough, man of the match, but for a losing team. Yeah, you don't see that too often. He definitely did. Uh, he he did his best to put an injured team on his back. You know, and that's something worth respect. Um, you can tell that he enjoys running the ball. That's fun. Just he's having fun out there. And, you know, those guys are uh, the guys who bring a little something extra. I think, um, they, they work, everybody works hard. Never want to question that, that effort that those guys put out there. But, um, when you're enjoying it, like he does, you can dig a little deeper, I think. Um, and you see it in the creativity where he'll, he'll go any direction. Um, and he's always looking for support and to support. So just a real, real fun player to watch. 
Absolutely. Um, I did. He did have one error in the game where he kind of got stripped of the ball, and we advanced that for an eventual try. But other than that, pretty dang good uh, performance there. I would have yep. given the man of the match to the winning team. I, you know, we had guys, we had multiple people with multiple tries. So, yeah. you know, that's just my, the pre-Jacks fan of me saying we were kind of like Rob. When that was announced, I was like, what are you talking about? They yeah. didn't win the game. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, a couple quick points here. I did write down a couple. I've got a couple of more sticky notes here about this. I would. I noticed that the rush defense was quick off the line for us. I think defense was a huge factor in us winning the game. Yeah, and it it really really hurts. Um, kind of a broken offense like they had to run with the early injury to the fly half, and um the the cards kind of play into our defense's hands in that circumstance i think um and so that that's what we saw really that rush defense uh if you need an extra split second to make a decision because you're you know just coming in five minutes into the match um getting settled it really really is going to punish you Uh, i think that's what we saw uh, discipline re- rearing its ugly head for us again at the 32nd uh, minute. Although I will uh, brag on us a little bit here. Our defense came up big before the end of the half and not conceding any points whatsoever. So that's always a good thing. Yeah. Um, San Diego had so many turnovers, I noticed, in the game here. They kind of shot themselves in the foot. And there was a try for San Diego that was clearly not a try. And the MLR all-access show even went so far as not even showing that highlight of that try. They were just oh, like, Oh, wow. That's yeah, interesting. We're not going to show this. They said something along the lines of, you know, there was a try, but you know, we're not going to show it. Something yeah. along the lines. as, as the, uh, one of the broadcasters said, um, in the, I think it was Dallin, uh, said in the broadcast, uh, try awarded are the most important words. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's what matters. You know, that's what San Diego is going to put in their pocket. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit of a knock there. Um, It'd be interesting to take a look at. I think that it, it's it's probably not an edge case. I think under close replay, you know, and, and looking, you'd see it was probably a knock. But I will say that sometimes um, it, it can be easy to look for reasons not to allow a try, you know, as a fan, even a neutral fan. Um, it's, it's more fun to pick it apart and say, Oh, because it, you know, I can see that it was leaving the palm of your hand and only your fingertips, but the law is written pretty, pretty favorably, um, to, uh, allow you to score in a, in a, in a very extended manner. Sure. Um, that said, I think the ball left his hands. I think it was a little bit of, a, I think it's a drop. And I think all of our guys, I mean, obviously we're going to, you know, say something if it's like a half a 50 50 situation but all of our guys that were clearly looking at what happened all look at the referee and said it was a knock-on <laughs> right right <laughs> so it's amazing i mean yeah the referee had a great view of it i just don't I, you know a split second decision there he probably regrets wants to take that one back but yeah it and it's it's the sort of thing that um you there are going to be those calls that in in real time look fine. And, and it's only on replay that you see that it's not. And, and I think the try score does get a lot of benefit of the doubt in that case. Um, it's one of the only times you're going to get the benefit of the doubt on, on whether you knock the ball mm-hmm. or not. You know, we tell players all the time, if the ball leaves your hands and goes down, 
you should ex- you should expect to be called for a knock, even if it's straight down or marginally backwards. You know, you're gonna you've made a mistake and you're likely to be punished for it. And then it gets flipped a little bit on try scoring, I think, where it's more that the uh, instead of looking for a reason not to call it a knock, the referee is looking for a reason not to call it a try. And if it looks pretty good, they're going to call it a try. Uh, 33 points offensively, you know, look like a powerhouse. But, uh, you know, as I was saying earlier, the defense was the big factor in the game, I think. They really, you know, stomped out uh, San Diego. Waka made a beautiful open field tackle to stop a try. I don't remember exactly when the minute marker was on that, but I remember clearly thinking, oh, they're going to score here if he doesn't stop him, and by God, he did. Yeah, he's like a hunting predator out there in the backfield. It's really, it's a really good feeling to have as much confidence in him as you can have. Absolutely. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, 21 points after 16 minutes. I thought we were L.A. for a second. It was incredible. Yeah. Uh, I even posted very good. on Facebook, like, look at us. How about it? Yeah. Um, Billy actually kicked the ball at one point, so that was pretty cool. He did, yep. Front rowers putting the putting the laces on it. Yeah, um, San Diego looked rattled after that 16-minute mark. They just, you know, were I think they were a little uh, nervous about what was going on. And um, I think Hightower, Brian Hightower was the guy that mentioned uh, comedy of errors on the broadcast there that uh, San Diego was having. It was tough. You know, those mistakes really start to mount sometimes. Um, and you can really feel like you're taking two steps forward, three steps back, especially with as much as New England was poaching the ball, as you mentioned. Um, it's very, very, very tough to put together much offense when you can't even string together more than three or four possessions. If I had to you know, provide some feedback for the three jacks about the game, I would say lineouts need to be a lot better. There was a couple there at the beginning, especially where it didn't look good. I think there was some turnovers from that and some not straight balls thrown in the channel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vili seemed to be settling in a little bit. Um, and uh, the broadcasters mentioned, you know, he is a converted flanker. Um, I, it's, a, it's a learnable skill. Uh, when I was coaching, I had a player who um, came down from Portland um, down to our club in Boston, and he had played in the centers. And uh, we happen to have, you know, four or five really, really talented centers, including some some younger guys who were, you know, learning the position and needed development time. And he looked at that. He joined, I think, in the spring and he, he didn't get a lot of time on the field, even though he's a, a talented athlete. And then he came back in the fall and he said, hey, just so you know, I taught myself to throw and I'm a hooker now. And uh, damn, if he wasn't a great hooker, he took the starting hooker spot. You know, he converted and throwing. Uh, obviously this is, you know, division three club rugby. It's not quite the same as MLR, but throwing was fantastic. was never a problem at all. Um, so it's a very learnable skill. Um, I'm sure that he's got the coaching available if he needs it. Uh, my guess is we just had a little bit of an off day. It's tough to step in and hit that many reps in a row. Mm -hmm. Like you have to hit in a match. So I, I would expect that the throw to improve pretty quickly. Um, we do need that attacking platform. The line out is a supreme attacking platform for any team. Um, Crucial. And it, you've got to be able to convert deep lineouts into points consistently. Especially if you're within their 22, what you want to do is get that ball and, and maul it in. Um, yep. Especially if you're at the five. I mean, if you're at the five, you, you've got to maul it in. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're, if you're throwing the ball not straight or the other team steals it, it's just a, it's a momentum killer. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen that the Free Jacks have that, you know, Ryan Martin, Razmataz. Um, they've got some some really nice, tricky little lineup plays up their sleeve, too. We've seen one or two so far. So uh, always fingers crossed to see more of those. Who's your MVP of the match? Um, I'm going to cheat and pick a forward and a back. Oh, okay. This is this is how we always did our man of the match, uh, or very frequently we'd pick a, a forward and a back um, for each team. Um, you know, once you get to the the third half back at the bar, and uh, I'm going to say for the forwards, Wien Conradi, he did setting up Poland's first try. He eats uh, a Samwuching hit and then gets the offload really clean to Poland, who then takes the inside line. Off the off the scrum, cutting back in and taking advantage of Tamalau, not quite being there to cover. Um, and he also in Fife's second try was the link as we had the chain of Fife to Conradi to Fife, where <laughs> Fife got the ball at 13, made a little darting attack, offloaded to Conradi, who went in and again ate a tackler, yep. just absorbed the man on you know, absorbed the man out of the defensive line clean clean offload back to fife and another another try scored in addition to what is always great defensive work from conradi so uh forwards i'm going to give it to we and conradi backs it's got to be john poland the guy is on fire really consistent off the rucks um scored two tries he's doing everything you need a nine to do the guy can do it all he can place kick he can box kick he gets you quick ball he likes to run the ball it's great to have a nine who is going to take the gaps that you give him um it just opens up more and more opportunities for the offense so john poland absolutely my back man of the match mvp very nice uh conradi you know also laid that hit on the the 10 that knocked yes Obviously, yeah, a very good clean hit as well. Right. I'll note, exactly. like it, it was a, it, it injured him. Never root for injuries. Hope he, hope he does well, recovers quickly. Exactly. Um, but it did give us an advantage for the you know next seventy five minutes in the match. Yep. Um, and it was big. It was a big clean hit. That's what you want out of exactly. a back rower. That's exactly what you want to see from an yep. eight man or any player on the rugby pitch is laying big hits. Um, and it changed the game for us for sure. Um, so yeah, um, John Poland, you know, I was, I had an um, interview that has yet to be on a podcast with, uh, one of our, one of our buddies in the uh, supporters group, I'm not going to name him yet because uh, the absolute has not come out, but he was talking about how great John Poland is. And, you know, we don't give him a lot of praise per se. He's not one of our star players, but I think that just comes down to him being so consistent. It's yeah. not obvious when, you know, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. We just expect him to do his job. But guess what? You know, when people make mistakes, you you hone in on that. But we we can't do that with him because he's so consistently good at what he does. There's not a lot of flashiness to what he does. He just distributes the ball exactly how he's supposed to. His box kits are just fine. You know, that's exactly what we need. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, he really clicks well with this team. He unlocks a lot of the potential we have um, chasing those box kicks and putting teams under pressure using our defense. That's, you know, that pressure and those turnovers are possible because of his really excellent kicking, pinning guys along the sidelines. I mean, watch where those kicks land. He drops those guys, you know, in dangerous waters right by the touchline. Uh, he puts them under pressure even before the defense gets there just to make a clean gather and then not to get taken into touch. Um, it's, it's a really, really strong weapon. 
Um, and that's just one of the things he does. He's also a great tackler. Nines have to be really comfortable tackling forwards. You know, it's something that they end up doing more than other uh, back uh, players. Um, the nine is also the guy that gets, you know, uh, he's the honorary forward. All the forwards, you know, they've got the nines back 100%. He's one of us. Um, so, and, and that's one of the reasons you see him, you see those guys doing that and JP can do it. For sure. Um, and again, awarded man, uh, excuse me, player of the week by MLR. So, you know, yep. league is taking notice of how good John Poland is. All right. So we're moving right along here to our match this weekend. A little analysis from us against the, the other Gilchrist twin, as I like yep. to call them. Um, yeah, the two headed dragon. The Austin, as Spider said, jabronis. <laughs> All right, so I don't think anybody even calls them the Gilgronies even oh, even wow. even broadcasters. You mostly are going to hear Austin, or which a- makes sense. Yeah, AGs is another AGs. One. Yeah, yeah. Um, coming off of a bye week for them, so they're rested, rested and recovered. So that's one thing that you know we might have a factor in the game is that these guys are fresh, um, and they've had an extra week to plan for us. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be prepared. Um, and they're a team that prepares well. Um, one of the best defenses in the league, uh, bar none, the match everybody's really looking forward to around the league is the Austin LA match, you know, because they want to see the best offense and the best defense. Um, Austin are pretty scary on the opposite side of the ball. They like the free Jacks are very comfortable playing D. Um, they have averaged uh, just under 15 points scored against them so far each wow. each week. That's really um, that's very very low. They are a team that is difficult to score any points against, even penalty points. Yeah, um, wrote down great defense because I know that you were singing their praises in the defensive uh, part of the game here last week when you were talking about the possibility of this team being the team that could beat uh, their their twin LA. Yep. Um, they're, we're not going to get a lot of help from cards. They have the fewest cards of any team in the league as well. Um, so I would not expect, we've seen a lot of cards at MLR, mm-hmm. um, which I think is good. Actually, it means that the referees are comfortable, uh, managing the match mm-hmm. and are, are feeling empowered by, uh, by the league. So I think it's actually a, a pretty good sign. Um, there is a lot of ill discipline around the league. Um, probably a lot of cards are deserved, mm-hmm. right? So if, if a lot of cards are needed, a lot of cards should be given, um, and they're not going to Austin. They're going to everybody else. Right. So, uh, this set piece going, should be, to be fair, they're going to us. <laughs> they're going to us. Yeah. We have, we have the preponderance of cards, yeah, yeah. um, picking one up every week. You know, we got a collection, yep. uh, but uh, we'll see. We need to not, we need to not get carded. That's not my key for the match, but you know, we, we playing against a team like that. You can't give up. Um, you know, the, the, the one man advantage, those 10 minutes can be crucial when all points are precious when you're playing a team like Austin. I'm glad you mentioned key to the game because that is the next part here that we're coming up to. Um, I'll go first. uh, All right. I think you went first last week. Lineouts need to be better. Let's see some attacking lineouts, um, that are executed well and score some running mall tries. That would be great. Nice. Excuse me, not running, rolling. Um, let me see here. Uh, in fact, I just wanted to mention this. The Free Jacks just posted a video today of their backs practicing lineouts. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I didn't. I missed I missed that. So, you know, and I think it said – There's your total rugby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it said challenge accepted, I believe was the, uh, the caption there. So I love it. I mean, obviously, you know, you know, this as being a player, a former player, a coach, uh, myself, a former player, the backs and the forwards have a little bit of a rivalry. That's true. Single team. Absolutely. It's it's usually friendly. The forwards get made fun of for things like smelling bad and not knowing how to read. Although there's always the one philosopher prop. Right. The guy who's got like his doctorate degree, sure. you know, and it's like, yes, yeah, so I just come here for, you know, the energy. Right. Um, but yeah, with the forwards make fun of the backs for, you know, having hair gel in during matches, yep. clean, clean jerseys, wearing flashy boots, yeah, dropping the ball and making us scrum the perennial <laughs> joke you hear a million uh, times. Yeah. Uh, so what's your key to the game, my friend? My key to the game is the Free Jacks need to do what they do best, which is score early, get that early lead, and then manage the game by beating Austin in turnovers. Mm, okay, I like they can, that. If they can do that, I think that they can do it. You're going to need a lot of chances to beat a good defense, and you're going to generate those chances with those turnovers. So if we can, if we can take an early lead and then just manage our way to victory, I think that's our best shot. Amen. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that and execute these things. Well, I actually forgot to write down a prediction. So I just did it just while you were talking. Um, right. So <laughs> I'll let you go first to just finalize my, my prediction here. Um, I think that we are going to see the Austin wall uh, as it were um, hold pretty strong. I don't think the free Jacks are going to score too much. So I'm going to say free Jacks 17, Austin, fourteen. Ooh. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going with a theme of a low-scoring game compared to what we've seen in our offensive explosion in MLR. Yep. Um. So I just wrote down Free Jacks twenty-one, AGs seventeen. The Jabroni's losing the game. Uh, you love you love to see it. I hope we get to <laughs> from our lips to God's ears. Let's hope we win this one again. I mean, I want to be on a top of the East for the rest of the year. That would be fantastic. Let's do it in this game. You know, all due respect to our buddies in the Eastern Conference. We we love all the teams. Actually, I don't, but uh, we want them to do well as a franchise. Yada yada. But I want them to lose this week and us win, so we can go atop the Eastern Conference. That would be amazing. Right. We want them to be happy, to be healthy, and to lose every match they play from here on out. Amen. All right. So that is it for these segments that I have here with Dave. Dave, again, a pleasure, as always. Thank you very much. Shout out to Kenny Hadakiyama, first try for the Free Jacks. Wearing the t-shirt. Everybody loves him. The Japanese legend. Our boy. Yep. So uh, two words. One, two, three. Let's ride. Let's ride. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right, guys, I just want to thank Dave once again from Yeti Poet Rugby for coming on and talking to us uh, with the segments there. Appreciate Dave's time. Hope to have him back again very soon. And, of course, our next mini segment here is Revolutionary War History. Today in American Revolutionary War History, Rhode Island became the first North American colony to renounce its allegiance to King George III. I did want to mention a little um, personal family connection to the Revolutionary War that my family has. One of our ancestors from way, way back, uh, by the name of Frederick Hambright, was actually a colonel 
in the Revolutionary War for the Patriots, for the Continental Army. He was a, a member of the militia at one point and also in the actual Continental Army line of North Carolina. He fought very famously in the Battle of Kings Mountain. You guys can look this up if you're not familiar with it already. It was the turning point in the South after it took place in October of, I want to say, 1780. What happened was is um, he was a lieutenant colonel uh, prior to the battle and and during the battle, right at the very beginning, his commanding officer was ill and could not fight. So he had to lead the troops as a battlefield colonel. And uh, they were successful in taking the King's Mountain pinnacle, you know, rounding up all of the British loyalists. This was actually a battle between loyalists and patriots. There was only one British-born um, person fighting in that, uh, Major Patrick Ferguson, a Scotsman who invented a type of rifle at the time, very famous, almost killed George Washington. So the, the famous story goes is that this um, this Scottish-British officer uh, had George Washington in his sights and chose not to fire in one of the prior battles earlier in the American Revolution. So uh, who knows what would have happened if Major Patrick Ferguson had, had shot General George Washington. Colonel Frederick Hambite served very brilliantly and uh, bravely in that battle, was actually in injured uh, through the thigh, continued to fight. One of his quotes is, Huzzah, my brave boys, fight a few minutes more and the battle will be over. So that is your American Revolutionary quote of the day from my distant relative, Colonel Frederick Hambright. Okay guys, switching gears here, we're going to go ahead and jump into the interview of the day of the episode, episode two of the Jack's Rangers show. I've got one of our favorites that is always chatting us up in the supporters group on Facebook for the Free Jack. Ross Parlon is a relatively new rugby fan. He only started watching rugby about a year before pro rugby came out. You guys remember pro rugby? Disgusting. Gross. We talk about that a little bit in the interview. Uh, Ross has an interesting perspective because like, you know, like I said, he's a new, relatively new fan. He did not play rugby in college, did not play rugby in high school, has never played rugby, but he is a fan. So I know that uh, Commissioner George Killebrew has mentioned that we need to draw in people that have never played rugby before to make sure that the league continues continues to survive and grow and thrive. So Ross is exactly the type of people that we're looking for. He discovered rugby by watching television on one of the broadcasts on NBC. I think it was Rugby Sevens that he mentioned. So we need a couple million more people like Ross that find uh, rugby from TV, the broadcasts, and come to the games and support, uh, especially the Free Jacks, of course, uh, passionately as he does. He was the guy that um, got a custom flag made um, and has brought that to the first game. Hope to see that flag again at the second game and many, many more. So here is our interview with Ross on the Jacks Rangers show. Huzzah, Rangers! This is Philip Harris, of course, here with the Jacks Rangers show. I've got Ross Perlon here with me. Uh, Ross, you got your beer. I got mine. There it is. Let's crack it open, brother. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. So I am rocking with a Baxter Lager Road. This is a full pint. This is a big boy. Look at you stand faithful to the team. Uh, I went old, old Yingling. I'm not sure if a lot of people heard of that. The oldest brewery in America, I believe. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that on the label when I was drinking it in college. Like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, I just came to New England a few Massachusetts a few years ago. My boss turned me on to it one night. We were out late working. Yeah. He said, let's go to the bar. He's like, you ever try this? I said, nope, and fell in love. That's all I drink now. There you go. Um, do you have any social media presence that you would like to plug, or you want to skip over that? No, we can skip over that. All right, cool. Um, so where are you from? Uh, originally from a small town. Uh, Massachusetts natives will know this. Uh, Norton, right next to the Xfinity Center, or Great Woods. Those okay. of us that uh, grew up down there. But now I'm living right around the corner from Union Point in Holbrook. So nice. nice quick drive to the stadium. Perfect. Perfect. What is your origin story with rugby? How did you find rugby? I knew this one was coming. And uh, I was kind of laughing to myself because you guys had these nice romantic, you and Spider, you know, and Dave had these like nice romantic stories. Like yeah. oh, I found on the internet, you know, I found it in college. Well, mine's not as eloquent. That's uh, fine. Me, me and a friend uh, were drinking late one night. Uh, hung up, woke up hungover looking for a matinee Bruins game. And we were too lazy to get up and get the remote. And rugby was on uh, NBC that day. I think it was uh, um, probably the Dubai Sevens tournament. And I was like, this okay. is pretty cool. Okay. So then I, I, I fell into the, I think like the next year was like pro. Remember the pro league started I, and just been a fan ever since. That's cool, man. I mean, you know, any way people find it, it, it doesn't. Yeah, whether you find it from like somebody says, hey, come try out for the team or you find it on the Internet, you find it on TV. However, we get there, we get there, man. You know, um, it doesn't have to be some sort of beautiful story. And, you know, as long as we're all a part of this, that's all that matters. Absolutely. 100 yeah. percent agree. Uh, so you were talking about pro rugby um, as someone that is, you know, somewhat new to rugby. What elements drew you in and kept you interested in the sport? Um, so you survived through the pro rugby days as your first, uh, toe in the water there. I did. I did. You know, I hear people complain about, uh, the rugby, uh, network. And I was like, man, do you guys not remember pro league? Those terrible games on, uh, Facebook live <laughs> that the disaster that was. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but you know, for me, it's always been, I think, cause I have a strong football background. You know, I started playing football is I put on the pads, like I think six or seven years old and played all the way through high school. Okay. Yeah. So um, the big hits would, you know, was, was it for me, you know, I'm a big defense guy. So that was, that's what did it for me. Very nice. So pro rugby, let me just um, kind of beat on that dead horse for a second there. Wow. What <laughs> I, a train wreck that was as our first American league. It's so embarrassing to think about now that we have major league rugby where it seems functional um, and not uh, a mess. Uh, but you remember how they had their, um, was it their official clothing for our uniform provider kit provider and it was a bicycling company <laughs> that's right yeah you know and the, sh the shorts were very clearly bicycling shorts i was like you didn't even try like i remember i think it was um ohio aviators the only reason i remember because they were in the world tens i guess the guy still yeah. owns the rights and got a tens team together right um and i just remember seeing those uniforms i'm like those those are a thing i guess if you, that's a choice to make and it was just like these bicycle shorts and it was just like one color and then like the red bar across the chest. And that was it. I was like, Oh man. So we put no effort into this. And also, you know, I think Ohio was the furthest East team. I mean, do you really want the state of Ohio representing like the East area? Yeah. I don't the think East coast when you have like New York, Atlanta, Jesus. Boston. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, what a mess it was. Um, are you, you're a founding member, right? Uh, I like to call myself a fake founding member. Uh, I bought a single season ticket last year for the home opener because I was like, man, you know, I love a lovable loser, but I'm not going to spend money on a lovable loser. Okay. You know, after we saw what happened out in Vegas, yeah. I was going to go to the home opener, but pandemic yeah. happened. And I did gotcha. buy my founding 
uh, my founding member ticket this year. So gotcha. Well, let's not forget the first game that the professional uh, in the professional league, the Free Jacks whooped New York's ass, and I was there in uh, Las Vegas and just screaming my head off. I was I've said this story like three times. I'm gonna say it again. I was sick uh, in Las Vegas. Me and my girlfriend had flown out uh, just for that. Like you know, we, we did a couple other things, but I mean, the main focus was rugby, obviously. And um, there was not a huge turnout. If you were watching it on television, there might have been 20 of us there, it seemed like. Um, and I I was pretty lit off of um, Dayquil and a couple beers. And uh, I was standing up shouting. And, um, you know, finally Mags and, and Eric came over and were, like, introducing themselves as the, the owners and the CEO. They're like, hey, great job, man. We, we can hear you from all the way over there. I'm like, yeah, woo. It was so nice. much fun. Yeah, um, no, but, that's funny because at the home opener this year, you know, I got there nice and early. I was like, all right, there's going to be no tailgating, but I want to make sure I get to my seat and everything. Yep. You know, so I ran into one of the Porter Johns. And all of a sudden, I see Mags just coming with a ladder over his shoulder. I'm like thinking to myself, and he's like, oh, hey, what's up? I was like, hey, Mags. And like, like it was nothing. Never <laughs> met the guy before a day in my life. I'm like, man, what are the odds that you see like Robert Kraft or John Henry? You would never, ever no. see them doing something like this. I you know, and then I he saw, comes back. Yeah. yeah, I thought I saw John Henry at a, um, a Red Sox game once. He was over in the monster uh, seat area. I was like, is that John Henry? It looked like a really nerdy dude that you could just break in half. I like, must have been John Henry, but, uh, you know, who knows? It might have just been some random person. Uh, <laughs> I, I doubt he's slumming in the monster seats. You kidding me? He's probably sitting in his box somewhere. Oh, my God. He was probably on his yacht watching the game. Yeah. There you go. That's better analysis. Yeah. Max is just, I don't, the coolest guy ever. You know what I mean? His social media presence is on point. And, you know, as Spider told the story that, you know, he saw him putting together a picnic table prior to the game. I mean, what a guy. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then, you know, after he was done with whatever he was doing with the ladder, you see him coming back out from the south uh, end. And he was just bringing in like the, the stanchions for the, uh, you know, the try line. So I was, I was like, again, what what owner do you see this doing? You know, no. Did, was he at that time when he was uh, doing all this stuff that you saw him doing? Was he ha- was he wearing like the horse outfit at that time? Not yet. He still had the uh, the Vermont uh, hoodie on, the Vermont style hoodie. So, uh, he's great, man. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, what have you been drinking lately? And what are you into? Are you into craft brew uh, brew at all? I mean, not really. I mean, through and through, I'm a lager guy. So, mm-hmm. you know, if if a craft brewer makes a, a lager, I'll try it. Right. Um, there was a good one I had a few years back in my hometown uh, at Bog Iron Brewery. It's just a great little spot. You're like this hole in the wall. It's like behind like an old Ace Hardware or something. And it's like oh, you wow. can't see it. Like you can't see it from the main drag. Uh-huh. But then you just drive around back and it's like this small tap room. And it was really cool. It's a good, good little spot. But Very nice. Yeah, I'm just logger through and through, not macro or uh, is that the proper term for large macro or micro brewery? Uh, yeah, I think Spider uh, teach me about that. Professor Spider had mentioned in the previous one that uh, macro and micro. Micro is the small one. Macro is the big one. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. What is more New England, Dunkin' Donuts or Clam Chowder? Oh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, let's see, I'd probably go Clam Chowder just because it's been around forever. But don't get me wrong. I love my Dunkin'. You know, that's where I go every morning before work. But uh, it's got to be Clam Chowder, especially in the summer. I said on a, a podcast that has not been released yet that uh, Dunkin' Donuts puts a beating on my wallet, man. I, it's like I go there every day now. I'm addicted. When I first moved up here, you know, I'm not from here. It's, I've been here for 11 years now, but 
when I first moved up here, I'm like not into coffee, didn't grow up drinking coffee. I drank energy drinks in high school and the donuts suck compared to Krispy Kreme. So I had no real you know, business going there, but eventually I got, you know, coaxed into drinking coffee over the years. And now I go there for meals. I, I you know, oh, yeah. I would hang out in there if I could, if COVID walked around. Yeah, I used I used to be um I used to bounce in the city and that was like the only thing open like when we got out of work. Yeah. It was either a pizza joint where all the college kids were, no thanks, or Dunkin' Donuts. So <laughs> and it's it, I was uh I was saying to in a previous podcast, it's even like their 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 evil empire is stretching far beyond New England because there's actually one in my hometown now. Uh or really right beside my hometown in North Carolina. Yeah, they're, they're everywhere now. Yeah, we've got to give someone a Starbucks a run for the money. I mean, I know Duncan's High price, but man, it's nothing like Starbucks, man. That's yeah. you got to refinance your house to go to Starbucks. <laughs> That's yuppie coffee, as we call it down south. Yep. Uh, what match day improvements would you like to see for the next home game? Um, you know, I was really looking forward to a beer garden, not a beer stand with a cooler of like clearly like a dozen beers. So, you know, I'm not a heavy drinker, but like I'll have one or two. Well, I only had the option to have the one because we yeah. shut it down like what 30 minutes in. Right, yeah, a lot of lot of drinkers in rugby, you know. So they uh, they got in there and and tore the place up. Yeah, so I mean, you know, plus it'd be nice to have like I don't know, get the kids involved after COVID. Obviously, you know, do like kind of like a kids play thing would probably be cool. So you're bring my nieces, you know, for sure. Uh, Favorite player on the team? It's a tough one because you know we're coming off of just watching the San Diego game. Mm -hmm. Dougie Fife was at it again, but Mm -hmm. um, my boy. yeah, I'm gonna just have to stick with uh, the original. My, you know, my number one has always been Bodine Walker. Okay. You know, and a fun little story about that is because um, sometimes you can hear it. I don't know how people listening and you. I uh, have a slate Boston accent, not as bad as Spider, but uh, <laughs> I have one. And the first time I said his name, I was you know going through names on the roster, muttering to myself while I was sitting on the couch with the misses, and she's like, "Oh, there's a Walker on the team," and I was and I just audibly laughed. I was like, you know, because. Anywhere else in the country, that would be the assumption. Okay, his right. name is Walker, W-A-L-K-E-R. Right. And I was like, no, it's Walker. And I had to literally show it to her. And she's like, she's like, man, he couldn't have picked a better city. And we just kind of laughed about it. You know? <laughs> so I, I got to go Walker. Uh, my little brother in my fraternity uh, in South Carolina, he has actually, he's from Pembroke, Massachusetts. So um, he lives down south now still. But uh, he had listened to the podcast and he said, I cannot listen to Spider's accent. Uh, you know, he's, he's from this area. He, you know, he's moved down there, but uh, he said it was like uh, nails on a chalkboard. He, did, he just can't stand it. it. It's a very unique accent, you know? Oh yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just fortunate that I at least make an attempt my parents, you know, spent a little bit of money yeah. to make sure that I didn't have a speech impediment and didn't have a thick Boston accent. But you know, as the days wear on, you know, we're getting, we're recording this pretty late at night. So, and we're drinking a little bit, so that doesn't help either. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, when I drink, uh, you know, my southern accent comes out just like I'm back back uh, in North Carolina. Right. All right. Um, so every time I've asked this, there's been one single answer. Best hair on the team. I know everyone say Kyle, but I, I got to go Villy. I got to go Villy. The fro, the fro is iconic. It the is fro iconic. The fro is iconic. And it is very high. <laughs> I mean, just see, you can spot him. You know, they were lining up for scrum today. I was like, oh, yep. there's Billy right there. So, yeah. Mullets are becoming a thing now. You know, it's just not some hillbillies that look like me and talk like me that are wearing them. It seems like everybody that wants to be cool will have mullets. So, yeah, I kind of understand the argument that Kyle 
even though it's great hair, doesn't have the best hair on the team. I disagree. Um, I think he does have the best hair on the team. But I understand the the counter argument. I totally do. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not opposed to mullets. You know, I I was rocking the long hair and I pushed it back so it kind of looked like a mullet back in the day. But uh, yeah, I got to go, Billy. That that fro is just iconic, man. And it's still staying up all match. Like you know, that takes some effort. That takes some effort for sure. Yeah. So Kyle no longer undefeated on the best hair on the team with this question. All right. Who is your MVP so far this season, and why is it Dougie Fife, Douglas Fife? Oh man, you know I was gonna, I was hoping coming into that, I was like, you know, what? I'm feeling it for Walker. You know, somebody else has got to step up. But there he was again today. What another one? Still two leads tries. the league. Oh, two, two. So you know, still leads the league. I mean, the man's just doing things that people. It's unheard of. You know, people when are gonna be remembering he, this season forever. Yeah, when he was signed, I said, this is the guy. He is going to come into this league and have a huge impact. And by God, he already has. And it's so great to see. I'm going to start calling Dougie two tries. I want to see if that catches on. I like it. I think it'll stick. But the one thing that's scaring me is, you know, we get to the Olympics. We're going to see his own, him going against his owner, Nate Ebner. You know, then it's going to be tough to root for him. You know, it's going to be tough. Do you, do you vote for, do you cheer for the owner? Or do you cheer for the MVP of the team? It's tough. Is it confirmed that he's going to the sevens? Uh... I don't think it's been confirmed yet, but I don't think Scotland's done anything with their seven team. I'm sure they're just having like guys work out, but does oh, he really need to work out? I, did, I just had a total brain fart. So um, for the Olympics, Scotland, Ireland, no, not, excuse me, not Ireland, but Northern Ireland, I'm about to cause an international incident. Northern <laughs> Ireland, Scotland, uh, Wales, and uh, England, they all form that uh, super team for the UK. So I wonder, I, I don't. I would have to think that he's not going to be a part of it if he's here with us. I well, just have just, to believe That's that. unfortunate, man. You know, yeah. I'd love to see him on the international stage like that. Yeah. You know? Plus, like I said, him versus Nate Ebner, the owner of the team, it'd be a great, great old time. It would, be very, it would be an interesting storyline for sure. What team or teams do you dislike in MLR and why? I'm going to stick with Spider on this one. The Giltinis, man. Just, It's just so... You know, everyone's like, oh, it's very L.A. I was like, I get Miami Vice vibes from the uniforms, okay? Yeah, um, totally. You know, it's, you know, and like like Spider said, how are you going to have your kid wear that jersey into school? Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to get dress code the first minute he walks in the door. Yeah. Just, you know, and, you know, I question question how much they spent, if they spent under the cap, because there's just Ooh. so many studs. I think there's so, so many looking to the books in L.A. There's just so many studs on that team. There's no way they all took a hit to play, to, to play together and uh, – MLR. I'm going to have Mags on the uh, the show at some point, and I want him to have like one of the whiteboards in the background so he can kind of break down the salary cap and how LA is exploiting it. <laughs> it needs I mean, to be they need to give lessons. They need to give yeah. lessons to pro teams in every chart. Somebody give me a pie chart, some t- uh, stats. I need to see it because, yeah, I- I've thought of that. I haven't said it on the podcast, but how are they doing this? Right. You know. <laughs> And it's just one of those teams. Like I said, you, you know, it's the Yankees syndrome. You know, you, you're a front, if you're a front runner fan, you're going to vote for them. But if you're someone who's a local guy, st- stick with your local team. Absolutely. You know. Um, you know, again, L.A., the hatred is real, and it's, it's, it's just too <laughs> All right. You know, um, but like you said uh, in one of the other podcasts, you know, just it's, it's just one of those teams that got it out of the way. Okay. You know, we didn't have any preseason. Let's write it off like that. Let's keep going. 
yep. you know. Absolutely. All right. Uh, other than the Free Jacks, what other pro sports team do you support the most and why? Uh, my number two uh, for, to the Free Jacks is the Patriots all the way. Um, okay. My, you know, I have friends that are season ticket holders and, you know, I pay an arm and a leg to buy the tickets off them every once in a while. Um, you know, so it's just, they're a great team, great organization. You can't hate the crafts. I mean, right. you know, they're good owners, you know, they're trying to do right by the league, try to do right by the team. So okay. it's not like you have someone who's Jerry Jones, who's like, Oh, I'm bigger than the team. I am Dallas. Right. I am the Dallas Super Cowboys. Ego. You know, Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually saw uh, for the first time the Patriots play in a preseason game in Brady's last year. So I actually did get to see Brady play before he jumped ship. Uh, so that was pretty special. Yeah, I, I love the Patriots. I love all the Boston team, teams up here. And, of course, I do have my Carolina roots. If you see here, we've got the I Hornets do. I do. and the Hurricanes. Um, maybe That's one a- day I'll, I'll take a video and show you everything up here, all the fans. But, uh, yeah, I've got all of the Boston teams and the Carolina teams up here. Proudly there you representing. Go. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing yeah, man, I'm a hybrid, you know. You know, it's a funny story about all four major teams. Um, uh Back in my security bouncing days, I've actually stepped foot on every playing surface in New England now. Oh, okay. um, and with the ice for the Bruins, it was an early turnaround. Like we, they, you know how they do concerts at TD Garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there really early in the morning, like six or seven. They hadn't put the uh, the uh, wood down the the plex um, the uh, two by fours or whatever whatever they yep. use the plywood. Yep. Um, and I wasn't paying attention, and I was you know telling my guys, okay, this is where we're gonna be stationed. All of a sudden, I just stepped. And there wasn't anything underneath me. It was just ice. And I slipped and fell flat on my butt. Oh, no. And, uh, and everyone's like, you okay? I was like, yeah, just bruised my ego a little bit. So <laughs> on the plus side, I could say I've stepped on all four major surfaces in New England. On the negative side, the last one wasn't so eloquent. <laughs> That's a good story. All right. Before we get to the one word association, I see the flag in the background. Is that the one that you had custom made? That is, yeah. Uh, want me to grab it and pull it up for you? Yeah, sure. Um, and I want you to tell me the story behind that. What was your thinking behind that? All right, folks. Uh, for the uh, for folks that are doing only audio on the podcast, um, Mr. Ross here is um, grabbing the flag and bringing All it. All right. I don't have earbuds in, so I hope you hear me okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I put on it, nerf or nothing. I was just looking for a playful slogan um, that kind of had the team on it, you know, have that child remnants to it. Okay. Uh, I remember playing with the Nerf ball as kids. And then I was thinking maybe it's New England uh, rugby football. I don't know. Whatever people want it to be. Okay. I think it's going to be something fun to have in the end zone. I I love the colors. Yeah, it looks great. So for those that might not have heard of it, it says it's Nerf or nothing. And, and of course, the Nerf is New England football. New England rugby football. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I got that right. I had a brain fart for a second, guys. There we go. Yep. Uh, we'll just leave it down. Back right now. We'll take it down for Saturday's match anyways. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, so you'll be there for sure, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you see me right there, behind the rubs up. Yeah. Uh, upright, so. If you see me, come by, shake my hand. Or, Absolutely. Well, that's probably not COVID safe. <laughs> you know, we'll do the elbow. There you go. I like okay. it. All right. Before I get you out of here, Ross, um, one word association. Mags. Legend, man. Legend. Love that. Okay. Josh Larson. Uh, big old SOB. <laughs> the Eagle. Oh, man. Uh, 
Kyle B and Kyle. Okay. Union Point. Right around the corner. Great spot. Nice. Dougie Fife. Douglas Fife. MVP of the league. Yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> All right. Rooney. Ugh. Gross. Absolutely. Just, just gross. I mean, you got to have Scott his due. You know, he's doing a great job promoting that team, but uh, the big guy's doing his thing. But, you know, that New York-Boston rivalry is real. It's, it's real. real. It's real. And, you know, I don't want to have too much of a hot take here, but a lot of people with rugby, and it's fine, they're like, no, we shouldn't, you know, poo-poo the other teams, or we shouldn't boo them, or we shouldn't heckle them. I don't know about heckling per se and uh, when, when the other team shows up, but let's be loud and proud. And let's say, you know, we're New England, they're New York, we don't like them, they don't like us, and that's the way it is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just like other people have mentioned on other episodes, you know, I was at that uh, Rooney get match versus uh, Mystic, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, it was weird because it was, you could tell it was a lot of families and a lot of people that really didn't follow the sport there. Right. People were like, oh, what do, what do we do? So I think, you know, when they show up here, what is it, 4th of July weekend, we, we yeah. just got to make it loud for them, you know. Don't need to boo, but we need to be loud. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's be loud and proud, guys. I hope it's at 100% capacity. You know, that should be a sellout. The day before Independence Day, is that right? July 3rd? So. Yeah. Listen, guys, if you can hear my voice right now or you see me from the video that we're going to have here, please, if you only come to one game, that's the one to come to. For real. I mean, I, mean, I think the big guy's even coming up, so, I mean, we got to – it's yeah, oh, he's gonna heckle him. So, oh yeah, you know? <laughs> he's gonna get it. He's gonna get it from us for sure. All right, final word, uh, one word association here: guillotines. Just disgusting. Typical yeah. LA. Yeah, yeah. Typical LA. Um, yeah. So there we go. Um, all right. To to all of the the fans that are watching, they're gonna be watching the video. This is not a beauty mark. I just happened to cut myself shaving. So. I'm not, I haven't gone Hollywood yet, guys. <laughs> hey, man, you know, I, pre- I appreciate you clarifying that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Ross, Starting to wonder a little bit. <laughs> this has been a real pleasure, man. Let's do it again sometime, uh, all right? Absolutely. The pleasure's all mine, Phil. Thank you. All right. So we got, you know, of course, we say, you know, one thing here to conclude the video. It's two words. One, two, three. Let's ride. Let's ride. It was so nice to have a chat with Ross and gain his perspective um, of being a relatively new rugby fan. Um, by the way, guys, if you're at the home games of the rest of the season and you happen to see Dave, Ross, Spider, any one of our buddies here from the, sh- uh, the show, the Jack's Rangers show, make sure you uh, buy him a beer and say that you uh, listen to the podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. All right, guys, that about wraps her up. Um, of course, we've got a game here on the 8th of May that Dave and I have predicted as a win for the Free Jacks. But part of that is, you know, making sure that we get to the uh, the games at Union Point and are loud, ruckus, intimidating crowd. Not necessarily heckling the other team, uh, the AGs, the Jabronis, but uh, letting them know that we are there, that we are loud, we are very uh, proud to be Free Jacks fans, and that we support them on the pitch so that they can uh, secure a win, move forward here, hopefully inching towards the top of the Eastern uh, Conference standings. Final thing here, guys, make sure you're sending emails and interacting with us on social media. The email is jacksrangershow.com 
Any questions, comments, concerns, input would be appreciated. This is only the second episode of the podcast, so definitely looking for your opinions on segments and things like that. Also, check us out on Facebook, Jack's Rangers. Twitter, same thing, Jack's Rangers. Instagram, Jack's Rangers. We got it all, baby. We're on Reddit as well. Uh, So, yeah, I appreciate you guys listening. I'll see you at the game. Huzzah! Huzzah! Huzzah!